The stew is actually called Peggy's stew. Oh, oh my God, God, it looks like a butt. <laughs> you know, I was or like, something whoa. Else. <laughs> Holy moly. Welcome back to another episode of Wizards and Wine. Our players are in Paxodium. Brand new city getting ready for a big tournament. They had all uh, just managed to get inside of the Heavy Door Tavern, which turns out to be a feat of strength that everyone in the city prides themselves on. And that's where we're going to pick up. Joining us this week is Cynthia as Zandra, Christine as Care, Aaron as Elizabeth, and Janet as Meg. As the door closes, Zandra gives a, a pull on the door and it opens. And Kara's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds right. Right? Zandra looks over her shoulder and kind of sticks her tongue out a little bit and, like, walks inside and the door closes behind her. So this time. My, my dragon looks at you and goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And Kara, please explain to me in a rage how you open this door. <laughs> So, it, like, there's no one else left with me, right? Correct. You are all <laughs> by probably... yourself. <laughs> just, like, grumbling as I stand. I'm like, I plant my feet like the kids did. <laughs> right. <laughs> Grab the door. Rage and, like, full-on pull. And it just swings up on easily. And I stumble a bit. <laughs> and I, like, <laughs> play it you off. You roll backwards. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> try to play it off as I strut it. Perfect. Okay. So as you step inside, you are greeted with not a dimly lit tavern, but it's not like super bright as you walk in either. Like there's nothing mysterious about this place. You go in, there's just nice ambient lights. Everybody is seated at these lovely tables that are made out of old barrels. Everybody is talking about the upcoming games that uh, are going to happen that afternoon and uh, there's even a few people who are going to be involved who are having their last minute meals and drinks and things like that before they head off to the arena. Uh, Cynthia, as you walk in, your dragon shows you this picture. Can you see it? I don't know that that's dark enough. <laughs> a chicken wing? A chicken leg? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. So I'm glad that that works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So... I look at him, I'm, I scratch him on the head, like, oh, you're hungry? You want food? And he kind of, like, nuzzles into your neck a little bit. Okay. We go find a table. All right. Somewhere to sit. Okay. Uh, the table is, um, I mean, everything is kind of around this center bar. So there's a big square bar in the center of the tavern. And there's two bartenders at work, one on each side. And as you approach the bar... Um, the bartender looks both of you up and down and knows that you are both clearly not from here um, and asks what you would like. Local specialty. Okay. What do you have for food? Okay. It um, smells delicious in here. The house special is actually a stew that is served in a bread bowl and it's quite large. It's really big. And it's uh, the stew is a very thick, creamy stew. It's like a chicken beef stew. There's a little bit of both in it. Uh, it comes with carrots and potatoes and um, other root vegetables. So there's like turnips in there, all that kind of stuff. I turned uh, to, to the dragon. I was like, sound good? And he uh, kind of nuzzles into your neck again. Okay. I'll have two of those. Okay. Anything to drink? Ale. Ale. Okay, perfect. Um, so, Kara, you're going to get the stew and ale? 
Uh, yeah, whatever. Local brewery. Something from the local brewery. He wants to try something different. Okay. Yeah, but local stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay perfect. Whatever's on tap. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So uh, they uh, tell you to take a seat and the waitress will, you know, kind of bring the order over, all of that kind of stuff. So as you're sitting there and you're talking and uh, you've kind of been brought into a couple of conversations by people at the table beside you, everyone very welcoming, very accommodating and uh, giving you some advice on other places to see and things to check out in the city. And of course, everyone is dying to find out if you're going to make it out to the, um, the games that are happening that afternoon. And outcome your orders and these bread bowls are huge but it's this it's really like crispy on the outside the inside is is uh is nice and soft and it's been buttered before they put the the stew inside of it um the ale when they sit down the ale it's in like a tankard so you've got to like flip the lid in order to <laughs> like it's not just an open yes. cup you've got to flip the thing a stein is that what those are called yeah yeah okay stein, yeah. so it comes out in steins and uh, the outside of the stein is carved in um, the symbols of the city. So there's a star, there's a moon, uh, there's the peace lily and the sun. It's kind of wrapped around uh, the outside of the thing. And the, the top of the glass is actually shaped like the roof on the top of the, the castle in the city. So it's like pointed oh. and shingled and stuff. It looks just very cool. Wood um, or metal? They are metal, actually. Um, and uh, the lids are um, wood. So that's the only part of it that's really carved. And this food is going to cost you, I guess the meal together, the stew and the ale is going to cost you five bronze pieces. And uh, Cynthia, yours, it, because you have two stews and a stein, it's going to come to like eight uh, copper pieces. Just so you know, okay? Um, and this stew is some of the best stew that you have had in your entire life. And actually, one of the men at uh, one of the other tables um, decides to take it upon himself to educate you about this stew. The stew is actually called Peggy's Stew. And Peggy's Stew is one that is sent out um, with the troops when they go to war because it reminds them so much of home because this tavern is such a centerpiece to the city. And um, the ingredients are actually pulled together by a lady named Peggy who, you know, makes the fresh batch every day. And the really unique part of this is that Peggy's entire family is actually involved in the creation of this stew. So Peggy has five children and each of the children is responsible for going and sourcing one of the spices that are part of the stew. And um, Peggy herself goes and gets the best cuts of meat and picks the best vegetables and, and things like that for the stew. It really is a family affair. And it really does taste like all of your best memories of home. And there's something very comforting about it. There is something um, very just homey, overwhelmingly putting you at ease in this stew. Again, you guys, you're in a utopia. So it's going to be wonderful and lovely and it's going to be the best of everything that you've ever experienced happening in this city the ale is actually a banana nut ale so when you take a sip of it it tastes like a piece of banana bread it's almost uncanny it doesn't even really taste like mm -hmm. ale it's that um that well brewed Weird. yeah that well brewed <laughs> 
that's your meal and the the gentleman uh, kind of you know gives you the lowdown on on the stew and and how important the stew is to the city it's actually become kind of a, a piece of fabric of um you know the the military as well as just a general um thing that uh the city really enjoys it's kind it's uh, definitely a, a local staple for sure along with that specific ale i give them a silver piece for my meal because that's 10 like 10 bronze or something isn't it uh something like that or 10 copper yeah yeah something like yeah, that yeah one silver's 10 yeah so that's a tip for the waitress yeah perfect Meg and Elizabeth, you have both had your mm. morning cupcakes and coffee. Uh, you have met Miss Lil, uh, yeah, Lily Bell, right? We have Zandra and Care, who have now tried uh, Peggy's stew and uh, the banana nut ale, which is very much a staple of this particular town, along with the stew. Question. Sounds delicious. Answer. Where's Carl? What happened to Carl? Oh. <gasps> Carl is still at the headquarters. Nothing okay. nothing terrible has happened to Carl. Um, okay. In fact, the, the animals that were, that uh, Hagen, Hagen, sorry, um, let out of the stable. Uh, remember the big brush of animals came at you? Um, all yeah. of those animals were, um, you know, found and, and brought back into the stable. And uh, it turns out that Hagen was actually a little bit higher in Knight's Defiance that he led you to believe. He actually had an apprentice. And that apprentice is now responsible for looking after the animals. The stable boy's apprentice. Yeah. Sounds like a bad romance novel. Mm-hmm. It really does. I'd read it. <laughs> I would read the shit out of it. Not going to lie. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I probably would too. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, right? Okay. So that's the Heavy Door Tavern and the Cookies and Cream Bakery slash Cafe. That's the proper name of the place. The slash is very important. Okay. <laughs> okay, I love it. Okay, so there's also the Nodding Sword Hardware Store. There's the Fit Sue Good. So good. It's spelled S-E-W. <laughs> so good. Um, the Perfect Elixir Perfumery. The Bronze Chest Repairs. The Aristo Cut. The Ninkum Soup. Ninkum Soup. The Skin Dependent. It's pretty good. Tattoo. And the Lettuce Inn. Anything else you would like the, to explore? The bronze chest repair. Do they sell armor? Uh, they're mainly a repair shop. Okay. If you're looking for armor, armor, you're going to want to go to the Nodding Sword hardware store. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> well, that's where I'm going to head now because I have no armor. Okay. I'm going to the tattoo shop. Tattoo shop. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the perfumery. All right. Although Where? maybe I should go look for Hagen. I <laughs> I mean, he was pulled into a black circle. I don't know that you're going to have an easy time finding him. I don't think it so. Might be part, it, go. it might be part of the after what happens in Hearn City. I feel like I'm going to drown my sorrows in the perfumery. <laughs> okay. Karen's uh, probably going to check out a weaponsmith. Okay, so you and Aaron are cool. both going to the Nodding Sore hardware store? Uh, yeah, that's the what that's nodding what for. sword hardware store. Okay, I should have put. I feel like we actually walk into the hardware store. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm like communicating with with my dragon, you know, with pictures, sending him pictures and stuff, and and stuff, and tell, verbally telling him in common what things are that we're imaging and stuff in our minds. Perfect. I want to get a gist of 
if he has an idea for a name, what would he like to be called? Uh, we don't know what color he is yet. It's true. Last time we up to seven, right? Uh, yes. At least I did. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All by myself. P.S. I just decided. I did too, Janet. Yeah. That's great. Okay, I good. Guess nothing else okay. Thank you. Starting to get, I don't, I don't start getting anything else till next level. Flex. I get advantage on initiative. Hey! To make up for my crappy rolls. <laughs> so you guys walk into the Nodding Sword hardware store. You are greeted by the smell of a smithy, basically. So there, it's very hot inside. Uh, to get into the shop, you actually have to step over um, this very large, cantankerous dog <laughs> who's laying in the doorway. <laughs> and um, the dog, you know how they say that the personality traits take on, or the do animals take on the personality traits of the people? Very much the case here. Working inside is actually a fellow dwarf care named Gunter. 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 And Gunter is uh, a matter-of-fact, no-nonsense, um, get-to-the-point-and-get-out-of-my-shop kind of gentleman. He has a lot of swords and things like that that are hung on the wall behind this counter. He also has uh, a number of plates of armor that are on the wall on the opposite side where you come in through the door. And inside the showcase are other like random little bits and pieces of, of different things. There's daggers and arrows and, and that kind of thing. And as he comes out from, you know, the back where the smith is, because he's heard the, the doorway and heard the dog give a little bit of a growl as you guys stepped over him. He comes out and he's got these goggles on and he pulls the goggles up and he's got like the white circles where like his <laughs> face is all grimy, but he pulls the goggles up what, and he's got smithy lines. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so there's like that weird imprint Farmer on his face. Tan, but... Yeah. But it's just from the, the, <clears throat> the fire. Um, he's wearing a, a leather apron. He's wearing like a, a rough linen shirt and, uh, you know, just some nondescript pants and uh, a pair of shoes. But what is striking is what he's wearing on his arms. So they're like bands of leather that go up almost to his elbow, kind of like greaves. Greaves, is that the word? That's like the pant version, That's right? the pant version. Gauntlets. Greaves are the leg version. Yeah, gauntlets. Gauntlets. Um... Anyway, they're, they're, they're forearm coverings, right? So the leather yeah. kind of wraps around between his thumb and his first finger across his palm, and they just kind of work their way up his arms, you would assume, to help protect his, his skin and his hands and stuff like that from the fire and dealing with, you know, the, the hammers and, and all of those kinds of things. Uh, so he kind of gruffly welcomes you to the shop and asks you, what are you looking for? Something better than what I have on. And what are you currently wearing? Can you tell me? Smoldering armor, studded leather. Okay. Now, here's where things get interesting um, for rogues. If you start getting into your metal armors and stuff like that, it's going to affect your stealth. Well, that's not going to work then. Right? Yeah. Um, but there may be a better studded leather. Let me just have a look here and see what I can find for you. Uh, there may be something like a better quality something. Here I am going to a perfumery. Right? Flat on her. Yeah, that's perfect. I can I can bullshit through a, a, a perfumery. Can't bullshit <laughs> my way through this. Um, studded leather. Okay, so Aaron, you could upgrade to hide leather. 
It's going to give okay. you 12 plus your dex modifier. So you can have a look and, and see if that would uh, affect your AC enough to even bother. So no, that's going to be the same. Yeah, I feel like studded leather is, is pretty pretty solid stuff, really. Leather. Yeah, I mean, you can go up to like a chain shirt, um, but that's going to make your... Because that's 13 plus your dex modifier, but it's going to affect your stealth stuff. Yeah. Right? And then you start getting into scale mail and half plates and breast plates and, and all of that kind of stuff. Like, uh, Renee's character has, um, like, a full suit of armor, I believe. She's got plate armor or something like that. That's why her AC is so high. But she has no stealth at all. And for a rogue, that's pretty important. But, I mean, you can also decide how you want to play your rogue. You don't necessarily have to be super sneaky. Okay. So no, you want it can be a rogue that does the, you know, the all the pick locks and all that stuff. Right, instead of or you can focus more on the blood hunter stuff if you want. Yeah, I think I might go more blood hunter on it. Yeah. Because I mean, my you, AC is only 15, right? Yeah, that's still pretty great AC to be honest. Uh, what's he got for swords? Um he has uh the usual uh swords. Like there's there's no really like exotic pieces here. Um I didn't populate it so there's I haven't had a chance to do anything really crazy, but he has like a rapier, he's rapier, he's got uh, a couple of sh shmer shimitars. He has, let me see, what else is here that counts as that? He's got a spe a couple of spears, a few spears, javelins hand axe, bunch of daggers, that kind of stuff. I'm going to him next, but I want a tattoo first. Okay. Yes, I just got the rapier right now. Yeah. How about this? He can tell that you're a very discerning customer, and he tells you that he's expecting a shipment later in the week, so you should come back. <laughs> Brilliant move. Huh? Huh? It's in a box out back. We're, we're still unpacking that shipment. Thank you. Thank right? you very much. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So um, we uh, we can always come back to the shop. Um, uh, what was Care looking for? Anything in particular? Uh, improvements to his glaive or something better. Um, and modification to his and he pulls out his club trusty which is essentially like a modified <clears throat> beam he turned into a great club right see if he could if he could get that improved in any way okay um gunter uh just kind of looks at it and, and grunts and uh says leave it with me leave it with me i might be able to do something with this one kind of looks at the work around and just nods and hands it over. Yeah, like this is like quality work. And like a lot yeah. of the swords and stuff that you see in the shop, although not really adding much when it comes to actual actual usefulness, uh, they do all have beautiful patterns and things like that yeah. on them. And like a lot of them have etchings and, and all of that kind of stuff. So the weapons here are both dangerous and deadly as well as beautiful. So yeah. So he leaves Trusty with the smith. Okay. Um, uh, he'll keep the glaive, though, because he doesn't want to be that defenseless. But he would like something better than something okay. improved from that. Okay. Perfect. Let me just make a little note. Yeah, I'm going to unequip Trusty. 
it's about this time uh, when you guys are standing in the shop when uh, you hear the door open and surprisingly the um, the dog that was laying across the doorway uh, isn't growling or upset if anything you hear the tail wagging and in comes Lily uh, who owns the bakery slash cafe and she's carrying with her from the smell of it a key lime pie and Gunter kind of looks at you guys, looks at the pie, looks at you guys, looks at the pie, looks at you guys, and says... And I just nod and, like, wave. Like <laughs> right? He's like, yeah, the shop's closed. <laughs> yeah, walk out, nod to the lady, and off I go. Okay, perfect. All right, uh, Cynthia, you wanted to go get a tattoo shop, uh, to the tattoo shop. Yeah, I'm going to the tattoo shop. Skin-dependent tattoo shop. So you walk inside, and uh, again, uh, mainly humans are working in here. There is a halfling there as well. Uh, the halfling seems to be the heaviest, most heavily tattooed uh, among the three people who are working inside of the shop. And, uh, you know, it's exactly the way that you would see a tattoo shop. There's flashcards and, and uh, flash art and all of that kind of stuff all around. Um, and the halfling is the one who approaches you and uh, asks um, how you're enjoying the day. I had a good meal. Had some interesting ale. I'd like to see what you have for tattoos. Okay, were you looking for a custom piece or something kind of, you know, that you see on the wall? I just like to take a look and see what you have on the wall and if there's something there that piques my interest. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what to get. I want a tattoo though. Alright. Um, your dragon shows you that again. <laughs> you want me to get a chicken? <laughs> I'm not getting a <laughs> A chicken leg? You're not going to get a drumstick? No, I'm not getting a drumstick. And I'm afraid of chickens with their head cut off. <laughs> That's my beer. He shows you this. Aww. Aww. You had a full bowl of food. <laughs> I will feed you after. Okay. Um... <laughs> All right, so <laughs> a lot of the stuff that you're seeing is, uh, I mean, it's typical kind of stuff. You're seeing, you know, a lot of druidic influences, actually. So there's a lot of nature work, uh, a lot of trees and birds and uh, different beautiful insects that you've never really seen before um, and uh, things like that. There's things that almost look like dragonflies but they're you know a little bit more ornate than your typical dragonfly is like the wings are very different almost look like they yeah, have something fey or something like my dragon okay would you like to get a tattoo of your dragon yeah okay so you want a custom piece it's going to take a couple of hours to do mm -hmm. um, and it may even be done over a couple of days actually so they'll do like the outline and start some of the shading and uh Mm -hmm. What's it going to cost me? It's going to cost you 11 gold pieces. This is okay. a custom piece, and, and I assume it's going to be quite large. 
across my back across your back okay yeah it's going to be a big piece and it's going to take a lot of hours it's definitely going to take at least two visits and uh the visits they Mm -hmm. figure will be about four hours each okay so they um what what i'd like it to have is my dragon yep going down my spine Mm -hmm. with its wings going on my back like i have wings okay spread out Okay, so they draw up, um, you know, uh, an idea of what the tattoo is going to look like and show it to you. And are you happy with the first drawing? It is pretty much exactly as you've described. uh, The coloring they've taken directly from um, your dragon. Um, It's, what did we say he was? Mainly like a peachy orange? He's a peachy orange. He's got a peachy orange fuzz, but you don't know what color he's going to be. Right. Okay. So uh, what the artist suggests is maybe um, starting with uh, like a very light kind of shading. And as your dragon grows, you could come back in and you could have uh, more uh, touch-ups and things like that. And you could adjust the coloring as you go if you start with one of the lighter colors, like a little peach or something. That sounds good. That sounds perfect. Okay. Uh, So they actually set an appointment for you for the following day at uh, 10 Mm a.m. All right. Good enough. Okay. And uh, they want half of the deposit, so like six pieces. Yep, I give it to them. Okay, perfect. All right. Uh, so, Janet, we are in the perfumery now. Yes. I forget what it's called. Hang on. The perfect elixir perfumery. Okay. Now, this, uh, when you walk into the shop, it is actually, uh, it's just a glass front. And then it's three white walls. And on all of the walls, there are uh, just different little glass bottles. And there's two rows of them. And the bottles are kind of broken up into um, the type of smell. So there's like sweet smells. There's outdoorsy smells. There are uh, like classic perfume smells. Um, that are like the flowers, like roses and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, then there is an exotic side. And the exotic side um, has really been gathered from all over the realms. So there are uh, like smells of cinnamon and and things like that. And uh, the lady working is a very thin, uh, very tall uh, human woman. Uh, She has graying uh, brown hair. Um, and, uh, she smells divine, obviously she's working in a perfumery and she comes over and she asks you if you are looking for something special. And I start crying like I'm stressed out. I just need, I just need something to take my mind off things. Oh my dear. What what do you, I know. What do you, what do you have? What do you have that? sort of would make me feel like I'm somewhere else. She goes, okay. Right now. She goes, okay, first, we're going to bring you over here and we're going to have you have a seat. And she, you know, sits you down. She brings you a chamomile tea. She brings you some Kleenex. And she starts to put, pull together bottles off of the wall. And what she uh, creates for you, this is your own very personal scent, is it's like okay. a, a lavender mixed with some sandalwood um, mixed with um, a very sweet smell that you can't quite place. And it also has a, like, just like an undertone of like peppermint to it. Hmm. It smells amazing. 
and I sort of close my eyes and I look off. I'm like, I'm so calm right now. It's weird. What, what is this? <laughs> and she says, it's amazing. It's your own private scent. I will I'll buy this. She says she, she promises not to give this particular combination to anybody else. This is solely yours. She asks your name. Okay. It's Meg. Okay. So she uh, just writes the Meg in a book. Cool. And, and she lists yeah. the, the components of the, of the perfume. And yeah. um, it's a grapeseed oil base. And then everything is built on top of the grapeseed oil. And uh, she closes the book and she writes the Meg on a little uh, beautiful little bottle. It's only like that big, maybe. It's like crystal. And uh, it has okay. like it has like that long um, piece of uh, glass that goes down into it, so you can like put it on the little, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The little, little wand, thing. wand thing, yeah, the yeah. dabber thing, the applicator. Anyway, uh, it has that uh, down inside of it, and it's going to cost you eight gold pieces. Okay, I'll buy it. This is amazing. Okay. Oh, I take the dragon to get more food. Okay. Are you just gonna hit up like a street cart? Because there's a few of those around. Yeah, I'll get him something. Okay. Um, there are uh, three that you can choose from. There's the striped apple, which sells fresh fruit. There's the sparkling carrot, which obviously sells vegetables. There's the kissing mug, which sells ale. But they also have... I did not know what I was looking at for a second, Aaron. You gave me a heart attack. Uh, there's the kissing mug, which <laughs> sells... What is that? <laughs> it's her headphones. Oh, oh my god, it looks like a butt. <laughs> you know, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, holy moly. Uh, it sells ale, but all the ale comes with, um, like, exotic breads and cheeses. I'll go there. I'll get the ale, and I'll give him some cheese and bread. All right, perfect. And I might snack on it, too. What's that going to cost? It's going to cost you four copper pieces. Hey, where are we? I can't find where my golden copper is kept here in oh, the equipment. Beyond. Yeah. So I keep, and I yeah I keep having to find it too. It's under equipment. But I under, don't see it under, under here. Currency. It's at the top right under currency. And you just tap on it and it'll oh, pop Oh my up. god! Yeah. So you guys all started out with. You guys all. Well, I mean, I don't know what you guys have there now, but whatever you have, if you have anything in there right now, it was uh, I believe three hundred gold pieces each is what you guys were walking around with. Yeah, room. I had some money that I had in there. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah, I have ninety-five gold. So uh, it was eight gold, right, for my perfume? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm going to add my perfume to my possessions. Perfect. You said it was four copper? So yes. I have six left. Yep. So I'm doing the, the conversions and there we go. I want to go to that perfume shop in real life. Okay, so as you all step back out into the street, and I think that Elizabeth and Care are the only two are, who are together currently, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You guys start to see uh, everybody, uh, and like almost like a parade, starting to uh, head down the street past all of the shops. Um, everybody is wearing um, either a gold, purple, or uh, red or blue shirt. And everybody looks like they're very obviously headed to the arena where the games are about to take place. Okay. So you can go to the games. You can go back to the castle and have a little nap, have a little bath, whatever you would like to do. <laughs> a bath. I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm ready to go to the games. I'm all calm now. I'm like, let's do this. Okay. Cares like stroking his beard yeah. and he looks up to Elizabeth. It's like fancy watching the game. Absolutely. Let's head over. Start making our way with the crowd. Okay. Keeping an eye out for Megan's Andra. Okay. And uh, you all kind of quickly kind of find each other through the crowds. I mean, again, mostly human uh, populace, but so it's it's kind of easy for you to find each other. Yeah, the most yeah. trouble that you would have would be finding Elizabeth, but she's with Care, so it actually yeah. turns out. Well, to Care's be... five feet, like not even five feet. So yeah, if mostly humans are above that, then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Uh, so you guys all catch up with each other and head to the arena. The arena is um, not much more than a sand pit, 20 by 40. Um, it's surrounded by uh, wooden walls, and there's, like, a wiring that goes above it. Think chain link fence, right? And there, it's kind of like an amphitheater that comes up on all sides from there. So it's kind of like in a bowl. And uh, there's all of the pomp and circumstance that you can imagine there is um there's four different um entrances for all of the teams to come in and enter through uh there's each wall is painted a color that matches one of the teams so the gold team comes in through the gold door uh the purple team comes in through the purple door and so on and so on as they are coming in they're all led by a different kind of instrument like one group is led by bagpipes Another group is led led by drums. Another group is led by trumpets. You know, like those long trumpets with no. It's all done anyway. Um, Trombone. No, no, just the long horns that they use for like royalty when they announce royalty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. uh, Almost like a, and I know that Renee would know this, Vesuvula. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Those annoying plastic horns that they have at hockey games. But they're metal, so they're actually yeah, they're really annoying. Yeah, they are. They're awful. And um, the fourth team is led in by like piccolos, like flutes. They all kind of marching to that, and they're all playing um, a different piece or different part to um, what you guys are finding out is actually the national anthem for this little city, national anthem, the city anthem for the city. Um, so when they all come together, it creates this wonderful and very dramatic piece of music. Um, and it turns out that the first match will be between the red team and the blue team. And uh, somebody in the crowd also tells you that it was the purple team who won last year. And their match will happen directly after. So... I now have to decide to describe to you how the game looks. And the best way to describe it is absolutely chaotic. Um, uh, you know, you have the, the knights who are the only ones actually when they get out onto the, the court who are actually wearing shirts at that point. The rest of them are just in pants. And they're like very fancy pants. <laughs> fancy pants they're fancy pants um they almost um kind of balloon a little bit at the hips wait so hammer pants they're kind of hammer pants but not really hammer pants they're kind of but they don't have the low crotch they just have like the loose looseness around the thighs um and 
the the colors, the team colors are in stripes on that section of the pants, and they're like. So for the red team, it'll be uh, red and white, red and white. For the blue team, it's blue and white, blue and white is how it's kind of striped, right? And the two two teams line up. You've got your 15 men who uh, are all standing across from each other. You have as the forwards. Let me just go back. And then you have the uh, halfbacks. So there's a line of five men behind them. And then there's a, a line of three men who are the fullbacks. They're the ones who are the ball carriers. They're the ones who can move the ball. And then behind them, there's a row of four, and they are the goalkeepers. And again, remember, the net behind the net is the entire length. So it's 20 meters, I believe is what I said, uh, 20 meters wide. And uh, it is up. There's a little bit of a brick wall. And then there is like the net behind that. And remember, if the ball goes over the net, it uh, is a half a point for the other team. If it goes in, then it's one point for your team, okay? So the game kicks off, and uh, at first it's it's kind of, you know, just kind of both teams feeling each other out and, like, doing, like, some fake-outs and, and stuff like that. And the two knights finally are like, you know what, it's, it's time to throw down. And the knight for the red team, Magnus, just lets loose with this giant haymaker coming after Alfred the Blue. And as they see this, the blue and red teams just go absolutely wild. And it's just utter chaos. There are people who are wrestling with each other and it's kind of like a ground and pound kind of situation like in the MMA. And uh, there are other people who have squared off and they're just boxing with each other. And there's <laughs> there's others who are just trying to kind of grapple their opponent and, and keep them pinned. And the whole point of the, the rows of 15 is to clear a pathway to get their fullbacks a clear uh, shot at running down the pitch and uh, getting the ball into the net. So this carries on for quite a while. There's a lot of blood. (laughs) It's really one of the more violent things that any of you have seen. And at this point, you guys have seen a lot. But, like, it's almost shocking the level of violence that's happening here. Um, Here's excited. Yeah. (laughs) He's all for it. You know, the, the audience is just going absolutely wild. And it's a sea of, you know, red and gold. And every each color is sitting in their own section so like the gold people are sitting behind the the door where the gold team came in you know it's it's kind of quartered up like that and um you know it's all the usual stuff that you would expect at a sporting event there are there's an you know people selling ale and other people are selling bread and and you know like peanuts and you know all of that kind of stuff as they come through the crowds and you know there's even the odd you know scuffle that happens in the uh, in the crowd as people get really into the match and things like that it doesn't take long for the red team to run up the score on the blue team and the match ends with uh, 13 of the 27 red team still on the pitch and it ends with uh, 12 of the blue team still uh, left on the pitch. But that's not what's important. What's important is the score. And the score is 20 and a half to 15 for the red team. And it's going to be about an hour until the next match. I mean, quite frankly, they have to, you know, get people off of the pitch who, <laughs> who were knocked out and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they've got to make sure that uh, everybody on both teams is at least in reasonable health get people patched up and get them to 
you know, medics if they need to get to any kind of like a hospital and, and things like that. And as this is happening, the crowd kind of funnels out and everybody is just kind of, you know, some friendly ribbing and, and stuff like that is happening as you get outside and you get ready for the next match, which is between the gold team and the purple team. Are you going to stick around for the match or what do you want to do? What time of day is it? Um, each match is about 50 minutes long. This one started at noon, so it's coming up to one o'clock. I'll stick around for one more match. Sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, one more match. Ale right. truck. What did you say? The ale truck. The ale truck. The food, okay. The, the, the food oh. booths. Oh, yes. is there beaver tails? <laughs> <laughs> Mini donuts? I mean, you're not really, actually. The closest you can, you're going to come to that is the, uh, the, what is it? The kissing mug? Yeah. Where Cynthia got the cheese and bread and stuff and, and the ale for... Yeah, I'm into that. Three? Okay. Uh, so you grab that. There's also... <sighs> Uh, the sparkling carrot, which sells veggies, and the striped apple, which does fresh fruit. Yeah, skipping those. Okay. Just yeah, come on. It's party time, guys. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, do you want some ale as well, or do you just want to kind of hang out and? Uh, I'm gonna go grab some fruit and veggies. Fruit and veggies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to cost you one copper piece each if you want, a, you know, a tray of not a tray, like a plate of veggie and a plate of fruit. But you do get quite a lot for one copper piece. Uh, the kissing mug, if you're going to get uh, the bread and cheese and ale, is three copper pieces for each of you. Um, but if you just want the ale, it's uh, two. I'll get the spread. I'm going to get both the three. Okay. Uh, so you guys get your, your food and your ale and you hear the announcement that the next match is about to begin and you go in and again it's the same fanfare. The uh, gold team and the purple team make their way out onto the pitch and the match quickly gets underway and it is the same level of surprising violence. Like you're a little bit taken aback at exactly how violent this is. And... Um, the two knights who are facing off against each other are Frederick and Vivian. Frederick the Gold, so he's in his early 50s, and you have Vivian who you're not really quite sure. You can't quite pinpoint her age. You're guessing she's probably mid-30s, but could be in her early 40s. But girlfriend is, like, cut out. Like, think Amazon. Uh... Oh, you know, okay. with her muscle definition. Wonder Woman? Yeah, like she is She is built for war, um, this lady. So the two of them square off, and it's Frederick who takes the first swing at Vivian. She quickly, uh, you know, kind of blocks it and does a leg sweep and gets him on the ground, and she's just on top of him, just kind of wailing on him. And as that's happening, the gold and purple teams just decide to go absolutely crazy Again, they're all squaring off. It's the exact same situation where you've got, uh, you know, men who are grappling in pairs, other men who are just standing and boxing, other men who are, you know, doing a little bit of both. And the first team to score here is the gold team. Uh, Frederick's team scores first. Uh, Vivian's team has a little bit of trouble in the beginning. Uh, they actually missed the goal a couple of times, so they give another full point to the gold uh, team. And it is actually the gold team that comes out on top in this match. And that score is uh, 22 to 14 and a half. That's going to be the end of those matches. So the next matchup that you will see will be red and gold 
or that you could see red and gold and that's going to happen on uh, the last day of this holy week okay okay so now it's coming up to let's say four o'clock in the afternoon so it's nap time it's nap time nap time nap time oh. i send Dinner time. I, I send an image of a chicken leg to my dragon see if he's hungry uh, you're kind of getting the impression that your dragon is always hungry. Yeah, I kind of figured that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I figured I, uh, all right, we're gonna get some food. Yeah, this time the picture that he sends to you uh, telepathically is like a giant salad. <laughs> okay, we go get we go find some giant salads. It's really weird. Uh, so are you heading back to the heavy door tavern? That is weird. Yes. Okay. Uh, now this means that, uh, sorry, Meg and Elizabeth, are you going to the tavern as well? Are you all yeah. sticking together? Okay. So. What do you think? Yeah. Joining them, As yeah. we arrive, I look at my said, this place is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Do you explain the door thing to them? Yeah, I explain the door thing to them. I want to try again. Okay. Do you want Oh my to... god, so I just step back, I'm like, Without I don't know, raging. <laughs> Without raging? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm gonna try to demonstrate. Okay. So Care steps up. He's got, you know, he spits in his palms. He rubs his hands together, and he walks up to the door and he grabs this giant handle. And nineteen. Nineteen. Total. He gives this giant pull on the door, and it's like a lot less resistance than you remember, Care, when you open this door the first time. So of course you know, I hit myself. Right. So I'm like, what's the problem, guy? Right. So like, you don't you don't stumble back from you know uh, not being able to open the door. You actually stumble backwards because you're we're expecting it to take a lot more. Awkward. Once you open the door. And I like. Oh. <laughs> okay. So. Anyways, yeah, I'm like. Well, I raise an eyebrow and I like walk in and, <laughs> and the like, door closes behind I, I you. I open just one it hand. It hands me in the face. Open the door to open the door. Okay, you step in and it closes behind you. And uh, Meg and uh, Elizabeth, are you going to try to get in the door? Yeah. I mean, oh, I know where this is going. I mean, I you try. guys, you guys have yeah, you guys have watched these two kind of open the doors, and it didn't seem like it was such a big deal. Yeah, so I grab it. Yeah. Uh, give me a strength check. Oh God, of course. <laughs> Karen's just waiting on the inside with the radio. Watch. Right. <laughs> um, ten, so twelve. Uh, it doesn't open for you. You grab onto it and you give it a pull. It doesn't open. What the fuck? What the fuck, man? Elizabeth, give me a check. <laughs> Elizabeth walks up to the door. She's like, are you kidding me right now? And kind of elbows you out of the way. Yeah, grabs it one-handed, pulls the door open and walks in. The door closes behind her. <laughs> Wait, and it doesn't hold it for me? You don't hold it for me? You can't enter the tavern without opening the door by yourself. All right. It's actually a very strict rule. Uh, so give me another strength check. <laughs> um, 16, 18. 18 does it. So you walk up and you're like, okay, this time, obviously. Am I sweating? <laughs> you're definitely sweating. You're like, and very confused. Like, why was that door so heavy a second ago? And this time it doesn't seem like it was, it's so, like, this is weird, right? Uh, so you step inside and it's, everything that you could imagine a fantastic tavern to be. It's like, think the Beauty and the Beast tavern 
right? Like oh, yeah. the appropriate nice. amount of light. There's like a big fire and there's, you know, the square bar is in the middle of the establishment and there's tables all around it. All of the tables are very clean. Everything is immaculately kept and it smells amazing in this place. Like the, the stew that they cook in here is fantastic. The uh, banana nut it's ale. Yummy. Yeah, the banana nut ale is out of this world. It's almost a dessert. It's that good. What would you like to order? One of those ales, for sure, after that stupid door pulling. <laughs> right. right. One ale, please, sir. Okay. Good, sir. You guys have taken a table? Or are you going to take a table? Probably. Yeah, and I order, yeah, I ask for like a salad or something for my dragon. And I'll get a salad, too. I'm going to have the stew. I'm going to have an ale and the stew. Okay. I second that, Meg. Okay. Kara's going to order two amazing. ales and the stew. Two ales and the stew. Okay. All right. Uh, so the ale and the stew comes as a, a special. It's like the house special. Uh, it's three mm. copper. Um, if you would like to have a second ale with that, they have kind of a deal on it. So it's only going to cost you four instead of five. And the salad is one copper. All right, I'll get two salads. Two salads? Okay, so that's two copper pieces. And I want a couple of ale. How many? Just two or? Two. Okay, so it's four copper for you, Cynthia. And everything comes out. And as described, it's the most amazing thing that you've ever tasted in your entire life. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm just, like, loving life right now. Mm -hmm. Got my perfume, mm -hmm. got my stew, <laughs> got my ale, got my pals. <laughs> life is so good. I asked if they have any, like, um, like meat rolls or something like that that we can, that I can, like, take and have in, like, my, a pouch to give Dragon as he gets the munchies. Dragon treats. They actually do supply jerky. They have some um, that. Uh... I'll get some of that. Okay, sure. Uh, that's... Care waves too. He would like some of that too. Okay. All right. So you get three pieces of jerky for one copper. I'll get. So it was four for the ale and the salads. I'll get another four coppers worth. Okay. And I give them a silver piece, so and they can keep the tip. Okay, so that's 12 pieces of jerky altogether, right? Yeah, and I'll stick that in my belt pouch. Okay, perfect. How and much was the jerky again? It's one copper, and it gets you three pieces. Yeah, Carol will get uh, the same. Okay. Four coppers worth. And, and he'll give us silver. He'll be generous this time around. Okay, perfect. Good food. Yep. He's had quite a bit to drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So as the evening wears on and the ale is flowing, uh, the tales in the tavern begin. And they are tales of um, before peace came to the city from like a hundred years ago. And back in those days, the city was not a friendly place to be. It was full of murderers and thieves and the Paxians at that time were not exactly savory individuals. And it was around this time when they still had like an elected government 
And what happened was one of the men that they elected decided that he could run the city better. He could fix all of the problems, but he could only do it if he was given absolute ability to rule as he saw fit. And for some reason, uh, there were, and there was enough support, uh, from people in the city to make this happen for himself. And as the Paxians began to feel safer, they began to demand more of the person who was ruling. So from the ruling family, uh, they wanted to have access to disputes that weren't, that they could appeal, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was this man who began to put together the pieces of government and the laws and the way that things are governed that are still part of Paxodium today. It was um, King Helena's great, 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 what is that, 100 years? Great, 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 great grandfather, I suppose. Anyway, Helena's family has been ruling now for quite a while, and the city has continued to prosper. It has continued to be safe, and it has continued to be, you know, a, a very stable economy. The weirdest thing that has happened in a long time is that the headquarters castle has arrived and that definitely caused quite a stir among everybody who lived inside. I mean, the castle did land outside of the castle walls or outside of the city walls, but like just barely. So it was a relief to the citizenship when the castle landed that they were able to have an understanding and an agreement with the people who lived in the new castle um, that they were very much still going to be in control. And if the people in the new castle came into the city, they weren't allowed to have a residence there, but they could come in, they could uh, spend their money, they could uh, set up a business, that kind of thing, but they always had to leave the city at night. So there's nobody from Night's Defiance who spends an overnight in the city and if they do they're found and they're escorted out of the city that's just not something that uh king helena was ready to you know kind of cave on does that have something to do with the amount the population they allow in the city correct yeah okay why such an odd number that is the number that um they have found is the most manageable for the way that they have things set up it's very exact it's very precise and it is always balanced and the city has its checks and its balances and it that's kind of the it's like the foundation for how the city works so well okay yeah once you start to grow beyond that number things start to get unruly you start to have problems at least that's what they have found mm-hmm uh-huh. 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 Interesting. Well, well, all right then. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I think that that is all of the notes that I had for today. And that's a wrap on this week's episode. Join us for the next episode of Wizards and Wine. We get into the big finale of the tournament. Cynthia's character, Zandra, gets her big back tattoo. Will Janet go back to the perfumery? (laughs) 
all of these things are entirely possible. We'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, always carry a D20 and always drink responsibly. And make sure you're checking us out on social media as well at Wizards and Wine on Twitter, Instagram, and that's how you can find us on Facebook. Will our inveterate inebriates manage to stagger to a victory over the adversity that hampers their imbibing? Or will their hangovers hamper their hearty adventures? Will they ever garner enough coin to clear their bar tab? Tune in next week for more antics of Vim and Vino. Don't miss out on more Wizards and Wine.